1: in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: One hour down in the books here on this Sunday morning edition of Overtime. It's the youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham. riding with the till 105 before we dish the rock to our coverage of Nats baseball. We get you warmed up for Nats and Marlins starting at 105 with Nats on deck. Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler on the call uh, per usual, it is a 1.35 first pitch. You can catch all the action right here on your flagship home for Nats baseball, 106.7. The Fan. We'll continue to talk all things college football coming up in about 20 minutes or so. Our pal Denton Day, the host of Sirius XM's College Football Wrap-Up Show. He is set to join the program. And we'll take a big picture look at what happened in week number one of the college football season. Plenty of other storylines outside of Deion Sanders. And the Colorado Buffalo shock in the world yesterday. Uh, But I mentioned that I I wanted to tell you all what I learned in week one of the college football season. And I talked about it. Well, first of all, housekeeping note here real quick because you all know I'm a hoop hit. 9.38 left. Excuse me. 9.15 left to go in the fourth quarter. Lithuania up 73 to 65 on the United States in in FIBA Cup play. 75 now. 75. 65 now, so a 10-point lead in this one. Anthony Edwards, really the only guy that's got a conscience right now in terms of uh, offense for Team USA. He's taken 18 shots, 18 of the 53 shots have come from uh, Anthony Edwards. He's efficient, 9 of 18, 20 points, rebounding right now. The issue for Team USA, Jonas Valanciunas uh, doing the damn thing on the boards, the center for the New Orleans Pelicans. They got a couple other uh, well-known NBA guys on that roster as well, but We'll see if uh, Team USA is able to hold on. Them and Lithuania both undefeated heading into this one. It's on ESPN2 uh, if you want to tap into that. But woo, I'm pretty shocked by what we're seeing right now uh, over in the Philippines. It is, it's shocking to me because if this group loses, and me and my brother were having this discussion the other day about because the way this roster is made up for Team USA, there are certain stars that aren't playing, obviously. You know Trey Young. Trey Young was a big guy. That we were like, well, why is it on the roster? No LeBron, no Steph. This is just FIBA play. The guys and the big the big cats don't really play until the actual Olympics come around. So this isn't a stunner to me. I am happy to see that bad man Anthony Edwards, though, man. Because I'm telling you, he is like one of my sleeper MVP candidates for the 2023 season in the association. If they can get things together between him and Cat and Rudy Gobert, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with out in the Western Conference. When you get to college football, though, I told you, there were a bunch of things I learned during the college football weekend. And one of the big things that I learned is that there isn't enough teams that have pride in college football. I talked about it off the top. For teams to lose the way that they lost yesterday, Middle Tennessee losing 56 to 7 at the hands of Alabama. What the hell? Nevada losing 66 to 14 at the hands of USC. Unacceptable. Let's just talk about it. Tennessee State. Losing 56-3 to to Notre Dame. And then the one team that I'm really disgusted with, and I talked about them off the rip, man. Portland State. First of all, I don't know what alumni that are esteemed that come from that university. But good God almighty, I'd be ashamed to be a graduate of Portland State right about now. 81-7 to yesterday. Honestly, I haven't even looked at the box score as to how bad it got. Because normally in these games, good God almighty. This is a – bear with me, y'all. This is a Division I program. They played two quarterbacks yesterday, Dante, Chackery, and Logan Gonzalez. Those two co- I don't even mean to laugh when I say it. Those two quarterbacks yesterday, eight of 20 for 52 yards and a touchdown through four quarters of work. Their offensive coordinator should 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 I ain't even gonna say what he should do. He shouldn't get his check. I'll tell you that. I agree with my with my co-host, Doc Walker, on that one, man. It's too many, too many rich people out there, too many incompetent folks in sports, excuse me, that don't get their money back. Too many incompetent folks in sports that are making all this cheese and are going out and putting out lackluster, half-hearted efforts. Because you ain't going to tell me a team is 81 points better than you, bro. I just, I'm not believing that. That's what my Uncle Steven used to always tell me when we were in high school getting our tails spanked by, by teams across the county. He used to say, man, there's no way Ain't no way Northwest 63 points better than you I'm saying, Uncle Steven, did you watch the damn game? <laughs> I'm about to say, maybe they are. Maybe they are 63 points better than us. But I have no excuse, no excuse at all for what the hell went on uh, out in Oregon yesterday with Bo Nix and company just putting it on Portland State. Oh, that's one of my big takeaways, man. Is It's just we we need more teams to be competitive in college football, man. We got we to gotta do something about the power balance and the power dynamic in college football, man. The other thing that I learned yesterday, and bear with me on this, as I try to do some slight research on the fly, the one thing that we always talk about in terms of the NFL and college football, I mean, you got guys at the collegiate level who are doing it at such a high level to where it looks like it's easy to them. You get the question of what conference they're playing in and who the level of competition is. That's all fine at any. Time. That's what we do when we don't understand something, I guess, is the best way I could put it. Yesterday, though, I think we really got to see just how huh, wide receiver Julius Thomas went to Portland today. That's via our producer, Metal Chris. Julius Thomas of
3: – He was on the Broncos for a bit, I know.
2: Julius. Th- oh, Julius Thomas, the yeah, tight end. Juice, yeah. The tight end. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. I remember <coughs> the big, the big, heavy-set tight end. He he was uh there during the Peyton Manning so, era. So
3: Google also tells me the there's a local tie, Charles Moose, the uh, the former Moco police chief during the DC sniper. uh oh, wow. Thing here, uh, he went there apparently as well.
2: Okay. Well, shout out, shout out, uh, Officer Moose, man, trying to keep the world safe during that tragic time. Um. Yesterday, though, and I feel like I'm a filibuster here. Yesterday, man, my big takeaway outside of the, the lack of competition that we got right now, my big takeaway was just the elite quarterback play that we saw yesterday throughout college football. So since the NFL draft went to seven rounds back in 1994, the most quarterbacks drafted in one draft was in 2004. There were 17 total quarterbacks taken in the 04 draft. The most quarterbacks drafted in the top 50 is six back in 2011 and back in 1999. The most quarterbacks taken in the first round has happened three different times, 2021, 2018, and 1999. There were five quarterbacks taken in the first round of those drafts. After watching week one of the college football season yesterday, that record of five quarterbacks being taken in the first round is going to get slaughtered slaughtered Did Y'all see the big time performances yesterday at quarterback and it all starts with Gonzaga's very own Caleb Williams Pat Mahomes 2.0 is what some people are dubbing him And first of all I just want to address that here for a second anytime you are being compared to Patrick Mahomes you're doing something right Caleb Williams yesterday just continuing to do it and making it look easy when he does it man 18 to 25 217 yards four touchdowns that game was over before it started the things that he is doing off schedule and the way that he's throwing from different arm angles and evading pressure, it is it is super special what we're seeing from that young man. The kid, J.J. McCarthy. I know J.J. Is, is J.J. eligible? I have to look here. This is me being a lackluster college football fan. I believe he was, so he is eligible. J.J. McCarthy is eligible. And he's a guy that's shooting up people's draft boards Yesterday, 26-30, 280 yards, three touchdowns. Look, man, he's doing the damn thing out at Michigan. He's got mobility. He's got armed talent. He can make plays off schedule. It was beautiful to watch what he did. It was beautiful to watch what he did. He is another guy that I think is going to be in the conversation to be in a first-round quarterback. You you go out to Washington. We didn't even talk about Washington's quarterback, Michael Penix Jr. What he did yesterday... Was probably the most, I don't know, 510 yards is just, whew, 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 that's a lot of damn yards. But yesterday, Michael Penix, 29 of 40, 450 yards and five touchdowns. He is somebody who is just, he makes it look effortless the way, the way he throws the football. And this kid has been doing it for the past two seasons. Last year at Washington, Michael Penix Jr. throws for 4,600 yards. 31 touchdowns, eight interceptions. He is him. There's no doubt about it. So when I look at Michael Penix Jr., I look at Caleb Williams, the two quarterbacks that that went head-to-head last night, Drake May and Spencer Rattler. I mean, that's five quarterbacks right there. Bo Nix, what he did last night was incredible. The kid Joe Milton out of Tennessee looked incredible. I mean, come on, Shador. I mean, there is a real case to be made. I, I, I'm willing to put my reputation on it at this point, man. hit Jackson Dart from Ole Miss looked damn good yesterday. So I, I, I don't know, man. I can it, it could be at least seven, eight quarterbacks drafted in the first round in April. That that's the way that I think this thing is trending right now. And I understand it's just week one, and guys' draft stock and status can change as the season goes on. Man, you cannot tell me you watching yesterday and you're watching Shador and you're watching Bo Nix and you're watching Caleb Williams and you're watching Drake May and Spence Radler. You can't tell me you're watching those guys going, man, college football is in a really, really good spot, meaning that the NFL is going to be in a really good spot. Think about all of the teams in the National Football League right now that could potentially have a change at quarterback after this year. That's why if I'm the Arizona Cardinals, Hey, the $250 million man baby, Kyler Murray, sorry, buddy. It's over for you. It's slow for you. Seriously, and on the flip side, if I'm Caleb Williams and the Cardinals get the number one pick, hey, uh, you know what? I think I'll do another year out in East California, out in Southern California, man. I don't see why I would ever, ever force myself to play in the, the crapshoot of a program that is the Arizona Cardinals.
3: I mean, if you're getting picked number one overall, you're generally not going to a... Good team. Right. I and mean, that's why they're picking number one.
2: It's not even about it being a good team. Arizona is just a bad organization from top to bottom. The general manager, the head coach. We'll play it later on in the show, Chris. Did you hear the did you hear Jonathan Gannon trying to get the Arizona Cardinals hype for week one?
3: I did, I did.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we'll play that for you all later on in the show. Right now I want to go out to the phones. one eight hundred six three six one zero six seven 636 1067 is the number on the MGM National Harbor Lister lines. One of my favorites on the line. Sabah, how are you? How did you enjoy week one of the college football season, my friend?
4: Hey there, Linnell. Well, On the way to, to the college, so I dropped a little bit on this. Uh, my my system may not be the greatest. In the back, okay, good. Uh, I enjoyed it so much, man. I almost got a butt ulcer last night. Just sitting <laughs> all day. Started with that Colorado game. That mm-hmm. was something. What, and it? then the Notre Dame, you, you forgot Sam Hartman. Yeah, Sam Hartman. him.
2: I didn't even throw yeah, in Sam Hartman. Forget-
4: yeah, and don't forget the Riley guy. That Riley guy from Duke, he's going to be good. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, of course, my guy Drake May. Um, he didn't have the best game. No, I he did turn the football over a was... couple times.
2: It was it was interesting.
4: Yeah. But that's well, why that's why the uh, best five receivers. Right, yeah, we well, missed sub- two of his best five receivers.
2: That's why I was saying. Sorry, do you think? Ahead. Do you think he after last night is he the clear number two quarterback in the country right now? I don't think I could say that.
4: No, 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 he's not um, because he doesn't trust his receivers. Yeah. Um, he doesn't have downs, and that, that Taz guy, mm-hmm. the NCAA doing him wrong, and his uh, other best guys out with, I think, a couple of weeks of injury. So, and there was a lot of drops there that there I could was. tell that he wasn't confident, but uh, the line protected. We usually sack a lot, and we usually don't get sacks. That was opposite. Right. And I got a, I got a message for so a, a lot of people out there. <laughs> just like, um, just like uh, what is it, the, um, the guy that coaches um, Clemson, Debo, mm-hmm. just like he said, he said, listen, uh, Carolina's in Chapel Hill, and USC is in California. So y'all need to stop this, which would act like you're the real Carolina or you're USC. You're nothing but a pebble in our shoes. And I'm so glad we beat them. I'm so enjoying. Somebody I can't wait mentioned tonight. It, though,
2: it was a shock to me because yeah. that, that North Carolina pass rush was ferocious last night, man. They didn't yeah. really they didn't get and home sacks. a ton. But, yeah, nine, nine sacks. You get nine. home a bunch and – it, it looks They
4: got like 15 it. all of last year. 15 all of last year. They got nine. Yeah, that's nine in that's one amazing. game. So I'm I'm really proud. And listen, don't forget about Mac uh, Brown now. Oh, I'm not. He could be We're better saving him because he's the only guy that has won a hundred games yes. in two programs. More. Nobody else has done that. Talk about. And you know, Carolina is not a juggernaut.
2: No, you know but I mean? had, so. no, but they've had some darn good quarterbacks seem like they're coming out of there the past couple of years. We'll see what Sam Howell yeah. does did for you, us. Yeah, and
4: did you see Sam Howell? Dap him up. Three I did. did you see him? You, Sabah, yeah. This is the
2: one thing I say about my, my, my dog, Sam Howell. He's got yeah. swagger. Every time I he see does. him, whether it's on the field, whether it's on the sideline, he got a little bit of moxie to him, Sabah. He's fresh, as my yeah, grandma some say. We got some
4: there. there.
2: We definitely do, anyway. Sabah. I appreciate Glad the call, you, as always. Continue right, to I'll tap in, drive safely. 301, excuse me, 1 800 636 1067 is the number on the MGM National Harbor listing lines. We will take a quick timeout. When we come back, we will continue to talk all things college football, of how Denton Day, the host of SiriusXM's college football wrap up show, is set to join us. We'll take a big picture look at what the hell happened during week one of the college football season. That is next here on the fan. Just getting rolling here on this Sunday morning edition of Overtime. It's the youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham, taking it up to 105 before we hand things over to Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler. They'll get you tuned up for Nats Baseball. The Curly W's playing host to the Miami Marlins. It is a 135 first pitch. and Per usual, you can catch all of the action right here on your flagship home for Nationals Baseball, 106.7 the fan quick programming note coming up at about 12 20 our pal jp acosta set to join the program we'll take a big picture spin around the national football league uh when he joins the program right now though i want to continue to talk college football because it was a crazy week one and joining us right now via the betql guest hotline to do so is our pal denton day make sure you give him a follow on the old x app at the denton day he is the host of college football overtime on sirius xm's college radio make sure you tap into him Every Saturday this football, this college football season, from midnight to two a.m. on channel eighty-four, Denton. How are you doing, my friend?
5: Well, now what's going on, man? It was a uh, fun Saturday for sure of uh, college football, getting to see all the big dogs in action. I, I, I for one, had a blast. I was glued to my couch from about uh, noon until eleven thirty.
2: <laughs> that is the life I know you love to live, my friend. I, I want to get to, I want to get to some semantics here first, though. How, how how many hours of sleep are you running off of right now? Because you last night, as we just mentioned, on the air till about 2 o'clock in the morning. Who knows if it ever goes past 2. Second weekend doing it for you, I believe. How was it?
5: Uh, the show show was great. I'm not running on a ton of sleep, but that's going to be the theme of the weekend. <laughs> uh, we got another show tonight following FSU and LSU, and then we're doing it again following Clemson and Duke on Monday. So you boys get a lot of action, not a lot of sleep, but uh, I'll sleep when I'm dead.
2: Sleep when you're dead is right, my friend. I love the mentality. I want to get to obviously the big time performance of the weekend and the big storyline right now that is dominating across the entire sports landscape. Deion Sanders and the Colorado Buffaloes going on the road, shocking the world, knocking off TCU. We discussed it during the week on the Kevin Sheehan show. And look, I told you all I felt like this team had a chance, but I didn't really mean it. I'll be honest with you. I just I'm rooting for Deion and I want to see this team succeed. What was your reaction yesterday when the when the clock hit triple zeros?
5: I was stunned. You know, I was the idiot that said, no way that Colorado's going to cover the 20 and a half let alone win the damn game. <laughs> I thought TCU was going to dominate them in the trenches. I mean, that's really what my thought process was. When you look at this Big 12 team that made its way to the national championship last year, it wasn't the skill position players of Colorado that I thought were going to be the issue. Look, I know what Travis Hunter is. Yeah, I didn't think he was going to play nearly 130 snaps. That's <laughs> asinine. But that dude was the best kid coming out of, out of high school a couple years ago and decided to ditch FSU – Georgia and a host of other big name programs to follow Deion Sanders to Jackson State. I knew he was going to be good. I had an idea that Shador Sanders was going to be good. I didn't think 500 yards good on the road (laughs) against a ranked opponent, but I knew he was going to be good. I thought TCU was going to dominate the trenches, and Colorado absolutely stuck it to them. They have a host of guys on offense that can make plays. You know, I was upset because I lost money on the game. Yeah. But once you hit halftime and you kind of get the idea like, all right, this bet is not going to hit, you kind of <laughs> move past the fact that you had money on it and you're just glued in saying, all right, let's just enjoy this ride. And a, a, a ride it was, my friend.
2: Yeah, it was It was super exciting to watch. I got to watch it after the fact. I was on the air yesterday calling Georgetown and Maris while this was going on. I'm getting text updates from a buddy, and he just keeps telling me, man, this is one of the craziest college football games that you'll ever see. You mentioned the the lack of size that people thought that Colorado had in the trenches. I know Dion is somebody that's been touting that bunch all offseason long to this point. They got two bookend tackles that I thought played really well yesterday. You mentioned Travis Hunter and what he was able to accomplish. To me, though, the star on offense, welcome to the college football landscape, Dylan Edwards. Five carries, excuse me, five catches, 135 yards, and three touchdowns. His birth and his burst in athleticism, Denton, was something that was on full display. I'm willing to go out on a limb and say he may be one of the most explosive kids in the country right now. Where do you think Dylan Edwards fits in for the rest of the season with Colorado? And do you think there's anybody that can slow this offense down?
5: Yeah, he's a big time player. Uh, they, you know, he was uh, what was great about him yesterday multiple times, he beat angles. You know, yeah. when you're taught to play defense, you're taught to take the angle, and there were guys on TCU's defense that did a pretty decent job taking angles and his speed and athleticism said, no, 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 no. You can try your best with this angle thing. I'm going to beat you uh, and I'm going to do it multiple times. I mean, he had the game-winning touchdown where that was exactly what he did. The TCU defender had a really good angle. They tried to push him out of bounds. They completely missed, like completely <laughs> missed. He threw up the Tyree kill deuces as he trots into the end zone. This offense is going to be fun. Now, it is important to know, like it is just week one. Once they start to play really, really good opponents, not to say the TCU isn't a good one, but they got a pretty good gauntlet of teams they in do. the back 12 that's going to be really, really fun to match up with. So I'm excited. For the first time in decades, really either of our lifetimes, Colorado was relevant after week one, and that's a great thing for college football.
2: Yeah, I know new Commanders Offensive Coordinator Eric Bieniemy, damn sure happy to see what's going on uh, out there in Boulder. Some other games and performances I wanted to get to, Denton. Uh, the one thing I talked about off the top of the show and I guess this happens in week number one because of the matchups and the contractual obligations that teams have with others to see Portland State lose 81 to 7 to see Southeast Missouri lose 45 to nothing to see Arkansas State get the belt put to their ass 73 to nothing is it something that frustrates you when you see scores like this across the country or do you have an understanding of why it's happening?
5: No, I understand why this is happening. I mean, if you if you paid me a million five to go get whooped by eighty points, I would take the money too. That that's just how it is. The landscape in college football there is a a massive drop off between the top teams and the good teams, and there's an even bigger drop off between the top teams like Oregon yeah. and Oklahoma and Ole Miss and the guys that are fielding teams. Right? Like those those schools. Credit to them. Yeah. They field teams, but like it's a big deal when a school like Portland State gets a three-star recruit, right, or right. two-star recruit. When you're going up against Oregon, where they're aiming for five-star recruits all across the board, these are the results that are going to happen. So you take the ass-whooping, you kind of get your program out there a little bit. Yeah. Like, I mean, Portland State's getting talked about in Washington, D.C. right now. So clearly <laughs> they did something uh, at least somewhat right, even though they got absolutely demolished. This is just what happens with college football. I mean, week one is very much, Linnell, it's a, um, a stat-boosting week yeah. for the really good quarterbacks. Like your Bo Nixes, your Michael Penixes, your Caleb Williams, all these guys, you kind of boost your stats a little bit to, you know, you know, give yourself a nice little run for the Heisman Trophy. Feel good. One, <laughs> and then next week, I can I can promise you this: Oregon is not going to hang eighty-one against Texas Tech. That's going to be a much more competitive game, and it's going to be a fun one.
2: Yeah, we had a little bit of history made last night as well. We'll talk about the quarterbacks from the uh, UNC South Carolina performance with Mac Brown becoming, uh, I believe it's the first coach or second coach in NCAA history to win a hundred games at two different programs. When you look at what Mac Brown has been able to accomplish. And when we talk about the overall coaching landscape in the NBA, NFL, pro sports, college sports, where do you think Mac Brown belongs in terms of hierarchy across sports?
5: Mac's Matt, a legend. I mean, Coach Brown really is a legend. He's also pretty good at television, too. When yeah. he was out of Texas and before he went to UNC, he was doing some TV stuff. He was pretty good at that, too. So the guy is multi-talented, but he's done such a great job making UNC relevant again in the ACC, getting the quarterbacks that they've gotten with Sam Howell, Trubisky, yeah. and now Drake May. He's done a really good job making that a fun team to watch on on Saturdays. That team in particular was yeah. their defense. I didn't think they were going to be able to stop South Carolina. No. Spencer Rattler's a really good quarterback. I don't know if you know this. Uh, Sam Howell was supposed to be a first-round pick a couple of years ago. Uh, well, <laughs> the guy that was supposed to be number one in that draft ending the season was Spencer Rattler. So the guy is talented, and that UNC defense, Uh, they did not make him look like a number one overall pick. Let's just say that. They got to him, and they got to him early and often. They played really, really well last night for the Tar Heels.
2: Man, this kid came in Rucker, Two sacks, five and a half tackles for Lawsden. I mean, on the defensive side of the football, when you're putting up stats like that, it is crazy. Nine sacks as a defense for UNC overall last night, making life hell for Spencer Rattler. I want to get to the quarterbacks from this performance, though, because Spencer Rattler kind of on this redemption tour, Finished last season really strong in South Carolina. I thought he was pretty good last night. He had a couple of drops from his receivers that didn't help him out. Uh, Drake May, on the other hand, turned the ball over twice. He also was dealing with some drops and not having his top target. What did you think of both of those two guys' performances? And then when you look at the overall college football landscape in terms of the quarterback slated to come out next year, do you still think it's Caleb Williams one and Drake May two?
5: I do think Drake May is the second-best quarterback this year in college football, at least as it translates from moving to the NFL. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be the second-best quarterback in college football this year. I think that's going to be Michael Penix, and I would even argue. I mean, Michael Penix was my Heisman Trophy uh, early season winner entering this season, so I loved what I saw from him. As far as Spencer Rattler goes, you know there are some things yesterday in, in the late downs, in the late stage of the game, where you were hoping that a guy like him would look down the field now Some of that is because the offensive line couldn't protect him long enough to throw the ball down the field. But when it's fourth and long and you're checking the ball down, or if it's third and long and you're checking the ball down, you don't put your offense in a great spot. It's really difficult for a, a tight end or a running back who catches the ball three yards from the line of scrimmage to make multiple guys miss and take another 15 yards to get a first down. So there are some things offensively for South Carolina last night that I didn't love but I'm still a believer in Drake May. His yeah. wide receivers didn't do him a ton of help last night. There were some interceptions he threw that I don't think were his fault. He did. He played really, really well, though. I'm excited to see what he's going to be as that UNC offense really gets more comfortable with one another and starts to come together by the time they get to the conference play. I
2: want to go to the Big Ten here for a second. Terps had a big time win. Don't want to talk about them though. Kyle McCord and that the uh, that era starting in oh. Ohio State. Kind of looked rough yesterday against Indiana Denton. Are you concerned about the Buckeyes moving forward?
5: Uh, yeah, I'm very concerned about the Buckeyes. I had a lot of questions during week one, and I don't have a lot of answers as we leave week one. They, yeah. I needed somebody to step up. It was supposed to be Kyle McCord, and he didn't play awful, but he didn't play good. Right. Now, Marvin Harrison Jr. did get hurt. He landed weird on his shoulder He only had – I think he had two catches, and Emeka Obuka had three catches. Yeah. So the best wide receiver (laughs) duo in college football had five catches for like a combined 34 yards. Offensively, you have to do a better job putting the ball in their hands. Now, they got a great running back group with Travion Henderson, mine Williams, and a host of other guys. I think they're going to be a run-first team. But when it comes to Notre Dame in a couple of weeks, they need a quarterback that's going to be able to make big throws.
2: Yeah, there was a funny tweet yesterday describing Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Obuka. Comparing them to, uh, is what it looked like when Jarvis and Odell were in Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Twitter was
5: crazy uh, that's yesterday, Denton. Too didn't. close to home for those, uh, those exactly, fans too.
2: exactly, man. Twitter was Twitter was crazy yesterday. I, I know you'd appreciate this tweet, Denton. I don't know if you saw this or not. Somebody tweeted out, "Man, Bo Nick's been in college since Obama was in office." <laughs> I was like, Which,
5: yeah, I think that is technically true. By the, <laughs> the way, no, I mean that guy's been in college for forever. He's yeah, like a super Saiyan senior.
2: Yeah, it's actually – it's crazy to see, man. It's crazy to see. What do you got in tonight's game? Number five, LSU taking on number eight, Florida State. Uh, Jared Verst, the pass rusher for Florida State. All eyes going to be on him. But what do you think uh, ends up happening in that one?
5: I'm leaning LSU. They're two-and-a-half-point favorites. I think right now they're the better team. But the thing about Florida State is as the season progresses, yeah. they are going to become a juggernaut. If everything stays the way that it should, if everybody stays healthy – The way that team is built on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball, they will end up being a really, really good team in college football, but tonight I like LSU. I think they're more talented now. I think they're the better team
2: now. Denton Day, always good catching up with you as always, my friend. We will actually do it again very soon on this very radio station, 6 to 10 tomorrow, in for the Junkies, myself and Double D Denton Day uh, will bring you everything from the world of sports uh, from the weekend. Denton, we appreciate you tapping in, my friend.
5: Appreciate it, and I'll see you
2: tomorrow. That is Denton Day, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter at Denton, at the Denton Day, excuse me, uh, for the latest on college football and wherever the hell else you like in the world of sports. Denton is a a very versatile cat is what I'll call it. I thought I was going to be able to come up with something a lot more clever, but I couldn't. I know we're talking college football right now, and I don't want to just jump all around. Speaking of jumping all around, another one of my favorite traditions in college football, the old jump around. Around. I think it's, is that, is that, is that Wisconsin that they do that with the Badgers or is that Nebraska?
3: I don't know. Man. It's, it's I, one of the two. That's schools. like the worst song about jumping also. Yeah. <laughs> You're right.
2: But right now, speaking of jumping, I don't know what's going on in this FIBA World Cup matchup between USA
3: and between. USA's down by about five with about 30 second slashes. It's and it, yeah, like it's 29 sh- points something and they're down by five. Yeah, and they're just looking, playing the foul game right now. They're just like trying to slow. stay in it.
2: Lithuania up 107-102 with 28.9 seconds left to go. I've seen crazier things happen, but yeah, it, this is not looking good for the Americans. It looked like they're trying to get a steal right now. They're on defense. They, it's going to be tough. It'll be the first loss that they've suffered here in the FIBA tournament to this point. Lithuania also 4-0 uh, going into this contest as well. We will continue to talk all things college football when we come back. The question I want to ask you all, and Dion answered it yesterday, can Travis Hunter keep this up, and do you guys really understand what the hell he did yesterday? We'll give you more on Travis Hunter of the Colorado Buffaloes. Coming up next. Hiring for your small
1: business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
3: All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time?
2: For joining us in the last segment, talking all things week one of the college football season. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter at the Denton Day. And if you missed any of that conversation, you are in luck, my friend. Make sure you download the always-free Odyssey app. Use the Odyssey Rewind feature and go back to the 1025 segment to hear my conversation with Denton Day. Plenty of big-time college football news and storylines uh, coming out of the weekend. We'll put a bow on the college football weekend officially tomorrow night. Uh, I believe Clemson and Duke set to wrap up the college football week one schedule. Got a doubleheader on tap here this afternoon. First one gets underway at 3.30 on CBS. Number 18, Oregon State on the road against San Jose State. Uh, That one's set to kick off, like I said, at 3.30. And then the nightcap, 7.30 on ABC. Uh, The Camping World Kickoff Classic from Camping World Stadium in Orlando, Florida. Number five, LSU. On the road, taking on Jared Verse in number eight, Florida State. Can't wait uh, to tap into that one. Want to talk college football a little bit more before we get out of here. But as we were, if you were listening before we went to the last break, some funky business going on overseas right now uh, with the FIBA team for USA Basketball. They just suffered their first loss of the tournament. I actually, Chris, can you, you mind looking this up for me? When's the last time? The United States has lost a FIBA game. Because they were 4-0 heading into this one. They lose to Lithuania. And it doesn't really, it doesn't really shock me that they lose to Lithuania because the way this roster was built, they don't they don't have a ton of size. You got Jaron Jackson Jr., who is 6'10. You got Walker Kessler, who's seven foot. got Bobby Port is 6'10, and you got Paolo Bancaro, who is 6'10. You're probably like, what do you mean they don't have a lot of size? Well, Lithuania's rolling around with seven-footers. And it felt like that was the difference in today's game. But just from going and looking at the box score, they shot the hell out of the basketball. Lithuania, 14 of 25 from beyond the arc and 20 of 25 from the free throw line. The big thing that really was the difference maker and told the story, they out-rebounded them 43 to 27 this morning, man. I was that was the story though going in. We knew that Lithuania was going to I I thought they would challenge them. I didn't think they would give them a a full-blown scare and then an upset eventually, man. It's it's amazing to watch. Um, I I wonder what the conversation is going to be like in the locker room. All I keep thinking about and I keep telling you all to tap into this, the Redeem team on Netflix showing the the 07 and 08 Olympic team, LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, and company. Seeing the way and getting the behind-the-scenes look at the way that went makes me think, man, I wonder who got cussed out today. <laughs> I wonder who's getting cussed out in the U.S. locker room. I wonder what head coach Steve Kerr had to say post-game to these dudes, man, because it was a, a sloppy performance overall. They forced Lithuania in 18 turnovers and still lost, but Looking at some of the highlights as they're coming out on Twitter, Lithuania, I I keep saying it, they shot the cover off the damn ball. I mean, anytime you're shooting 14 of 25 from beyond the arc, I'm not a mathematician. That's 56%. 56% from three. And you out-rebound the team. You nearly double them in rebounds. It's hard for you to get a dub. There was some history that could have potentially been made in this one, and if y'all have been paying attention to anything I say, you know this young man is one of my Dark Horse MVP candidates uh, for the 2023 NBA regular season. Ant-Man, Anthony Edwards, 14-26, 5-13 from the great beyond. He finished with 35 points. 38 points is the FIBA record set by Kevin Durant a couple of seasons ago. Uh, Anthony Edwards, very close to doing that, but they end up losing 110-104. to 104. I can only imagine what some of the conversations are going to be like in the locker room it's not like Team USA didn't shoot the basketball well. You shot 54% from the field. It's just the fact that Lithuania shot 53% from the field. And they also uh, beat you beyond the arc as well, man. So it is uh, It's going to be interesting. I'm sure some of your favorite pundits on your favorite morning shows across the world are going to be talking about this because this is a big deal. If you're not a hoop head and you're not a big basketball fan or not, you, you got to understand the magnitude of what the hell just happened, man. I, okay.
3: I can tell you guys that now. It looks like they lost in 2022 September to Argentina in the semifinals. It's last year. But it's just FIBA. But this now
2: brings it makes the conversation I was having with my brother that much more relevant.
3: Do we not? Do, 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 yeah, that was the FIBA America Cup Brazil 2022.
2: Yeah. So the FIBA, FIBA play happens every year. The big conversation I was having, and I'm a big fan of uh, Gil's Arena. Uh, presented by Underdog Fantasies on YouTube. They go live a couple of times a week. Him, Josiah Johnson, Rashad McCants, and uh, Brandon Jennings. they do a hell of a job on that podcast, one of my favorite watches right now. They were talking about this on their pod. Like, the, the lack of pride, is that, is that fair to say? Chris, if it's a lack of pride from the, the elite, I don't want to say the elite, because all these dudes are in the league, they're nice. But like, Bron, Steph, Clay. Trey Young, I mean, guys, not participating. I think in this. it
3: just comes down to their contracts. They they are bro, worth so much, and they don't want to be injured. It, yeah, I, but what does I, that have
2: to? What, what do you what, what do you say when you see Luka Doncic performing out here and getting bucket buckets? What do you see when Jonas Valanciunas is out there? Getting buckets? is always
3: playing down in Bermuda, you know. You, Yo. and like nobody's expecting Bermuda to win golds, right? right? But like he's still right. going out there to rep. Like,
2: Paul Anthony Towns participating. I don't know who call who. Cat's playing for. Figure that out. He's not playing. He's obviously not playing for America. I think he's playing. Is it Jamaica? I'm not sure. He's playing for another country, and it just. I said that to say. Look at all the other NBA players that are playing. Yeah, we don't got Jason Tatum out here. We don't got Jalen Brown out here. We don't got Kyrie Irving. You know, I just. I get it though. Like Chris was alluding to, you don't want to get hurt. I understand all of that, but to me, man, it's like, bruh. I can't see my country taking no L's, especially when we got the reputation that we've got. There in this were tournament. players
3: and I guess still are, like Clay Thompson would always play, you know, and uh Carmelo would always like he super loved repping you and I respect those guys for doing that. I like, like the way
2: that those two guys that you just mentioned changed their games in terms of like when they got to FIBA play. Like there was a discussion me and my brother was having about why, you know, Steve Kerr decided about two games ago that he was gonna move Brandon Ingram to the bench and put Josh Hart in the starting lineup. And Josh Hart finishes today, 0 of 1, 0 points. Brandon Ingram, 5 of 8, 10 points on the bench. When you're playing this overseas style of basketball and you're playing FIBA basketball, the game is played differently. It's, yeah, it's it what it is, right? The game is played differently. I think, and anyone who's played overseas will say that. The way that, the way that, the game is played over there. It's more reliant upon skill than it is physical ability. And I think sometimes that is what gets misconstrued uh, when, when teams and, and folks and fans see the scores of some of these games, man. I am stunned, though, the Team USA loss. We'll see the reaction uh, of the group. I'm sure uh, Steve is getting ready to take the podium here uh, in a moment. But I, phew, it's uh, – it's interesting, man. It's interesting. We got to take a quick timeout. When we come back, wow. Sorry for all of you out there who just heard me burp into the microphone. That's disgusting. Apologize for that. But yeah, we're going to take a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll discuss uh, what I wanted to discuss going into this break until this FIBA crap came and broke across the TV screen. Travis Hunter. Dion talked about him post-game. Yesterday was his coming out party from from the, from America, man. He looked Really good, and it was finally good to see him on a national stage. I think it was impressive to see what he did. We will let you hear from Dion on Travis Hunter in the postgame, and then I'll ask the question of is there anybody in the country in any other sports that's able to to pull off or Travis Hunter pulled off yesterday? That's next on The Fan. It's overtime here on 106.7 The Fan and always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. Coming up, top of the 11 o'clock hour, we will talk a little bit more about Dion Sanders and the Colorado Buffaloes. I want to get into this Travis Hunter kid, though, man. What he did yesterday, is anybody in the world of sports capable of it? That's what I want to know. It's the closest thing we've seen. It's the closest thing comparable to Shohei Ohtani right now. I say it all the time. I wasn't around to see Bo Jackson. I didn't see Deion Sanders in his prime, but this Travis Hunter is something. When we get back, we'll pose the hypothetical question. Is Travis Hunter and what he did yesterday, the best thing we've ever seen in sports, that's next on the fan.